How long does it take to register these trademarks? Um, it can be quick. It can take some time. It really depends on the complexity of the mark, and it depends on whether there's going to be anyone else who opposes your um, proposed use of the mark. In Washington, generally the process is pretty quick. If there's no opposition, it, it can take less than a month. I've even had it happen within less than a week of when we filed the application, so it can be pretty quick. Federal, I would say across the board, it takes longer. If there's no opponents, typically it would take about six months. It can take up to a year. If there is opposition, it can take even longer. So how long is a trademark good for? I can't imagine that these go into perpetuity. No, they don't. Um, it, well, to say that no, they don't, you can always pay the fees and renew it, and you can continue doing that in perpetuity. In perpetuity. But generally, federally registered trademarks are um, granted for a 10-year term. During that 10 years, you do have to pay periodic maintenance fees. You have to make periodic filings to confirm that you are continuously using the mark in commerce, and I would recommend that you have an attorney assist you with this. Um, and once that 10-year term is up, you can renew a registration for another 10 years. There's no limit to how many times you can renew it. In Washington State, registered trademarks have a five-year term, and that is also renewable. Should I register my company's name or the logo? I would recommend that you do both if you can afford it. Um, you can't do both in a single application, but you can file more than one trademark application. You can file as many as you want. Um, there is a fee per application. For a federal registration, you can do this for as little as $225 per class of goods and services. And for a state registration, you can do this for as little as $55 per class of goods and services. And that is just the fee that the state or the federal agency would charge you. That doesn't include uh, your attorney's fees and things like that. Let's say I've done everything I need to do and I still find someone who has used my trademark. What do I do then? Well, this would be a situation of trademark infringement. I would recommend, again, that you consult with an attorney about it. Um, but... Whether or not it's infringement, it depends on the nature of their use. Generally, trademark law confers protection in the same class of goods and services as your mark. For example, with the cosmetics company Lush, they would have certain rights over the use of their name Lush in retail cosmetic store services and cosmetic goods um, because those are the arenas that they um, use their mark in, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to preclude someone from using the name Lush on say, for example, children's toys. Now, the cornerstone of the trademark infringement analysis is whether the challenged use presents a likelihood of consumer confusion regarding the source of the goods and services, because as we said before, a trademark is a source identifier. Now, what, uh, whether there's a likelihood of consumer confusion is a really fact-specific test. It's not black and white. There's a lot of gray area, and it does require um, legal argument on both sides. Okay, so I know there are eight different factors. We had talked about this off the air. Very quickly, give me those eight factors on what the big Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that we go to uh, that they consider. And so these are the eight factors that, the, as you said, the Ninth Circuit considers for whether claimed infringement poses a likelihood of consumer confusion. Um, and these eight factors compare the alleged infringer's mark with the mark of the business that is trying to stop the infringement. I'm not going to go through every single factor because we could be here all day, <laughs> um, but just a few of them to give you an idea. Uh, they would look at whether the mark to be protected is strong, such that it has little relation to the goods and services it covers, or whether it is 
weak, such that it has a strong relation to the goods or services that it covers. And we talked about this in a prior show. This is that, that hierarchy of distinctiveness um, about generic marks versus arbitrary and fanciful marks. And I won't go into that again. Another element that they consider are, are the goods or services covered by the two marks the same or are they different? For example, if someone's... Um, like the example with Lush Cosmetics, if someone's practicing or, or um, using their mark in the field of cosmetics, they're probably not going to be able to prevent someone from using a similar mark in the field of children's toys. However, I'd have to imagine if they saw that there was a Lush Gin that used the same type of logo as Lush Cosmetics, that changes things. It could. And and again, as, as I said before, it's a factor test. So they'd have to be able to prove that based on these nine different factors, you know, that, that the the challenge logo is presenting a likelihood of consumer confusion. But absolutely, there's no black and white. There's a lot of room for argument in this test. Now, some other questions in this test are things like, how similar are the two marks? For example, your your um, example with the two similar logos, that's gonna be suggestive of infringement, but you're gonna have to go through the other factors as well. Some other factors are, is there evidence of actual consumer confusion? Do they have um, you know, a declaration from a consumer that says, I was confused about the source of the goods because uh, the marks were so similar or the goods were really similar. Another factor is, are both of the marks being used in the same marketing channels? For example, are they both being sold online? Are, are they being sold in the same grocery store? Things like that. Um, so those are the main factors that, that go into a finding of infringement. So I'm getting here that the moral of the story is if you think your mark is getting infringed upon, get on the phone and call your attorney. Right. I, I would absolutely recommend that. Um, generally, an attorney is going to start by first sending a letter asking the other business or um, entrepreneur or person to stop using your trademark. And if that's unsuccessful, then um, you might end up filing a lawsuit to, to try and stop the infringing use. And if in that lawsuit infringement is found, you may be able to obtain an injunction and even be awarded damages and repayment of your attorney's fees if the infringement was willful. We're talking with Sally White. She's one of the local attorneys over at JDSA Law. Parting thoughts. I would say even with trademark registration, you want to remember that there's no guarantee that someone else has not been using a similar mark longer than you. Um, and there's no guarantee that someone else doesn't have common law rights. So you Again, you want to be consulting with an attorney. You want to be making sure that the attorney is doing the adequate search before you go ahead and register or attempt to register a mark. And I would recommend that you work with a trademark attorney early in the process. That's going to help minimize your risk of costly legal issues and potentially forced rebranding, which can happen. Learn more at JDSALaw.com where you can email Sally directly or call them at 662-3685. Sally, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me.